0: I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we
1: touch him? No, don't. Help me. Help. Help. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Professor Ward Scott here in the manly warthog man cave here in uh, the piney woods of north central Florida, God's country, waiting the storm. But we've already survived one storm here. We're going to talk about that today. And we successfully turned the wind around on the opponent. How do you like that little metaphor there? Anyway, I want to thank uh, Mellon Law for providing us with Mellon Law Studio. 50 years of experience, only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators and good friend of our show. And, of course, CPSS.net with Crime Prevention with John Pastori and Randy Elred. And, of course, check out our mugshots. Our mugshots are uh, available for you to see what's going on in the community in terms of crime. Unfortunately, you'll see many repeat offenders there. Um, We are going to have a a good show for you today. If you're interested in analysis and the story behind the story and what went into what and all that kind of business, I think you'll hear it today because um, we've got Stafford Jones here with us who um, has really been involved, as many of us have. It's really been a team network, but uh, behind the scenes, of course, Stafford played a big role and got a lot of the blame, Uh, and you know, that goes with the territory. I think he's got tough skin. He's used to it. And of course, there were some other people involved, as you know, uh, Chuck Clemens and um, Keith Perry. And primarily, we're talking about what Keith Perry called before it happened. Actually, if it did happen, it would be the most important thing since Reconstruction. A lot of people don't know what Reconstruction was, but it was basically renaming the South in the eyes of the North, and uh, profound effect on the whole country, of course. And this will have a profound effect on Alachua County politics going forward. But right now, already. The Mary Alford's and the Mary Helen Wheelers are in denial and they're saying, oh, it won't affect anything we do whatsoever. And in a way, they're right. And we're going to ask Stafford to clear that up. So Stafford, what I'd really like to do, maybe a two part thing here is, um, you know, what was the strategy as much as you care to talk about it or can't talk about it with all of its pieces that led up to the successful uh, implementation of that strategy, which is to be greatly applauded, of course. And then maybe after that, we can talk about where we go from here. Does that sound like a plan, sir?
0: Yeah, sounds good. I'm um, going to close my blinds while you're talking. After I Go ahead. Okay. Well, Ward, the strategy is um, uh, was simple. The strategy was uh, have the moral high ground. In other words, uh, we had a good argument. We had good reasons for the argument. Um, there were good, there were good moral reasons for this argument, and the reasons were, uh, I mean, just about indisputable. And those reasons are uh, that citizens across this county, uh, citizens that live on the west side of the county, have uh, a, a different outlook on life uh, than citizens on the east side of the county, or the south side of the county, or the north side of the county, or down in central Gainesville. And the 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 the, the moral high ground is is that. None of those citizens actually have any real representation on the Elotra County Commission. I know they I know these commissioners say they do, but they really didn't have any 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 representation. The other moral high ground is that uh is you know, as as looking at all the various constituencies that were underrepresented, I mean that includes that includes country folks out in Newberry and it includes African Americans over in East Gainesville, right? I mean, up until, up until 12 years ago, we regularly had two African-Americans on the South County Commission at any one time. For the last 12 years, we've only have had one. As the liberal, uh, white liberal population has grown and has, has become more liberal in Alachua County, it has become more and more difficult uh, for African-Americans to compete for uh, uh, county commission seats. It has become more difficult for people from the county, uh, out in the county, in Newberry, to compete for these seats. So the moral high ground is, look, fair representation. And there's just no good argument against that. So consequently, they decided that their best argument was, instead of trying to educate the public on why at-large voting was good, their entire campaign became, uh, let's beat up on Stafford Jones, beat up on Chuck Clemens, and beat up on Keith Perry. Let's see if we can win by just discrediting them. And so I guess I I got to the point where, fine, if they want to do that, then what we'll do is we'll double down on our messaging, and I'll let them keep focusing on me. That's sure a strategy for winning. I mean, if they're focusing on me, but I'm focusing on the messaging, and our team is focusing on the messaging, then what do we have to lose? Sure, I'll get some battle scars, but that's okay with me. So that's where we went. Um, you know, it, it, it wasn't some evil genius kind of thing. It was just like, okay, this is what makes sense. Well, that's
1: a very good um, position to tell the listeners about is that it was best for everyone, particularly as we go forward. We'll talk about how we go forward and what that means here in a little bit. Now, in case you don't know, there was a lot of planning behind this. uh, Stafford was one component of it. But um, I remember attending a meeting, I don't know, two or three months ago, where we had a lot of people. You talk about diversity and inclusion. We had it at that meeting. We had all kinds of diversity. We had uh, 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 people from East Gainesville there, black folks. uh, We had the so-called deplorables there. We were all in one room, and we were all on the same page. And... Uh, we were talking about how to best uh, let the rope out, if you will, to, uh, that tethers a balloon and let people begin to see it. And I think, too, there was some masterful timing that went into this, Stafford. Um, fire the shots too early and they could attack too early. I think what happened here, if I remember the strategy meeting there, was to uh, pounce and not let them know it was coming. And I think we did that, Stafford. I don't think they saw this coming. And by they, I mean the Ken Cornells and the advocates were at large. They didn't realize that there was a real head of steam coming. And I have to also suggest this for conversation. Had they simply done what they legislatively could have done way back early, the same way they do with wild spaces, simply put it on the ballot.
0: We might not have been able to build the momentum, right, Stafford? you ever thought about that? Yeah, that's possibly true. I, I, I tell you, there were two ways to win this thing. One way to win it was to actually pass it through the legislature like Keith and Chuck did in an off year and then and then build up a large pool of money and a large coalition. I do think that that would have I do think that that would have worked, okay but um, uh, that's not what happened. It didn't get on the ballot. It didn't. It didn't get passed through the legislature in an off year. It got passed through the legislature in an election year, the year that it was going to be on the ballot. Once that happened, the only viable strategy was a quick strike. Okay, and and it left the other side absolutely dumbfounded. They they just didn't know that it was coming. And yes, there were a number of of meetings. There was look. This wasn't just this wasn't Stafford Jones. Um, uh, this was a lot of people involved at a lot of different stages. And some of the people involved at the different, at the various stages really didn't even interact with each other. It was kind of like this hub and spoke thing where, uh, there was a central hub that everybody was kind of communicating through. But, um, you know, look, I wasn't at any meeting that you were at ward. You weren't, you weren't, but I, but I was, I was still back there. And, and, uh, And I think I think my biggest contribution to the whole thing was, again, uh, allowing, you know, use of the political committee infrastructure that I've built, which is uh, there's none like it in the state of Florida. I can tell you that. But use of that political committee infrastructure, the guidance on how to use such an infrastructure. But then, uh, you know, and and when they decided to make me the target. Uh, I, I think my next contribution was, okay, they really just pissed me off now because they made me the target. I never intended to be the target, right? And so I my contribution was when I said, guys, this is, okay, this is a real sore spot for them. I I said to our whole team, it's time to double down on this. This is a sore spot for them. And so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna double down on this they're going to keep shooting their guns at this one thing, and that was the NAACP. They focused, they focused their energy on trying to offset that message. In the meantime, our guns continued to shoot everywhere, okay? And so um, um, that, the fact that they got so single-minded was to their detriment, You know, that's a good point, because when this first came out,
1: um, that um, the pamphlet had gone around pointing out using their own language from their own national document, which endorsing a single member districts, some so-called strategists in the community, and we know who we're talking about, said, oh, that is, that's lethal. That's not going to work. That's really going to upset uh, the minorities, and they'll really come out and vote against it. And I looked at it another way. I thought, wow, their reaction to this is going to ramp up the attention to it and give us an opportunity to educate even more because the only thing they're going to be able to retaliate with is exactly what you just mentioned, and that's ad hominem attacks rather than the actual issues because there were no no actual, there's no merit to their argument other than to use the ad hominem logical fallacy on, and people would see through that. But I think it helped raise attention to it, gave us more conversation opportunities. And in spite of what we saw that crept up on us, souls of the polls, and we got to fix that in the future, Stafford, I know we're going to go after that. We can't have just one precinct open uh, for right, I mean, downtown. No. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that really, I don't know, maybe in retrospect, we can figure out how many votes that garnered, uh, and even with them, they still couldn't push it over the finish
0: line. Yeah. Well, that, that's true. That, first off, that, that, um, that downtown thing, it was the county commission apparently pushed for it. What I understand was that Kim Barton didn't actually want to do it. But I guess she didn't say no. And, and the fact is, is the morning of uh, that Sunday morning, we were ahead or not we we weren't ahead, but we were we were behind in percentage vote total. I'm really tired, so as I stumble through some of this stuff, please forgive me. But we were behind in that vote total by uh, by less than a point at the end, and and we had made up a lot of ground uh, on uh, in early voting, right? So um, at the end of that Sunday, we were ne- we were then behind by one point six points. So whereas we were outperforming. The Democrats all throughout early voting that last day we greatly underperformed the Democrats because they shut down early voting everywhere but one location for one political party and one specific political constituency. Okay, Uh, uh, that's just wrong. I've already next year. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna work on something getting something through the legislature next year that says you got to have it open if once you make your decisions. You can't just close down certain places. You got it. You got to. If you're going to keep it open on Sunday, you keep it open everywhere or nowhere. Absolutely. And that's something that sort of and that showed up as you and I
1: talked a little bit off and on last night, watching the returns come in. We were behind on the early voting and the absentees pretty significantly. Right. Before yeah. the actual precinct started coming in. Have you got that data off? Um, I appreciate you getting up early, by the way, It's. um It makes a man of you to stay up late and get up early. (laughs) I know the dog's
0: getting a good sleep, so, you know, what the heck? Uh, Yeah, (laughs) nice, 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 nice pillow right there. That's a great one. Yeah, that's a great one. I want to get one. (laughs) Everybody knows me, knows this dog. Yeah. That's Lolly Bell, by the way. So it turned
1: out to be accurate, did it not, that the early voting really had a little bit of an advantage on it. But you you said, don't worry, we're getting ready to bring in the precincts. So
0: I, I did I, I told I think I even told you last night on the phone uh that and and I said it to the Gainesville Sun last night that the minute the minute the early and absentee dropped and it was like 50-50 and we were behind by 800 votes I looked at that and I started pounding the table my desk the desk I'm sitting at right now <laughs> and screaming and my wife ran downstairs. She's like, what in the hell is wrong with you? I said, we're going to win single member districts. <laughs> I, and I knew it because, because the the uh, early and, and, and absentee, specifically because of absentee, I knew that that was going to be the worst point of the night for us. So I knew that when the election day precinct started rolling in, that it would start edging our way and then just take off. I knew it and uh I think I told you that on the phone last night and um uh, so i and and i just I just imagined that when they saw early an absentee hit uh i I just imagined being a fly on the wall in in some room that they were uh-huh. in and having them somebody saying, "Oh look, we're ahead." And somebody else in the know in that room saying, "No, no, 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 this is not good." <laughs> I, I just that this that was my fantasy last night. Okay, <laughs> it's amazing the things that we can fantasize about. But that was yeah. my fantasy last night. But I I knew that that was good. And 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 like I said, um, it, it was just it was just a matter of the minute that they reacted so badly to our simply educating the public about the NAACP. And like I said, we never considered that to be controversial. But when it when it when they made it, they made it so controversial. uh, And it was such a sore spot for them. It was it was an inconvenient truth. Right. Absolutely. And at that point, we just said, you know what? Oh, my gosh. Let's for 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 Democrats. Let's double down because our our messaging, it was broken up into multiple components. There was messaging to students, messaging to independents, messaging to Republicans, messaging, uh, messaging to Democrats. And and um, and uh, so, you know, we targeted everywhere and uh, we said, you know what, we need to uh, we need to that's the message that, that we need to double down on for that constituency. It doesn't need to be anything else. Just that messaging over and over and over. And uh, uh, we knew that that would do us well. Talking with
1: Stafford Jones here. Um, and if you have a question here, I put it in the chat window. I see you in the chat window and I'll bring it up. Um, Stafford, let's talk for a moment about students. What part did they play in this? Uh, everybody thinks of them as being... Uh, disengaged until there's an argument about what time the bars close. Uh, Was there anything that they connected with? I'll give you an example. For the demographics on this show, uh, our audience is hugely older people who uh, have something to lose, you know, so they're very involved politically. And conversely, the audience is not as um, heavily populated by the young, understandably, because their concerns are still, thank goodness, tied to the youth, which they better go ahead and enjoy as long as they can. So so
0: what is it? Did they participate, the students in any way? Well, yeah, sure. They did. I mean, look, we had a lot of students. Again, we built a very, very large coalition of 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 uh, Republicans, Democrats, African-Americans, students. Um, You know, when America packed Marlon Bruce, uh, Nicholas LaHera and, and the crew that they pulled together and the work that they did. Um, which, uh, you know, Win America Pack. I'm actually also treasurer of Win America Pack. I'm, I'm just happy to work with those young people and, and, uh, and, and try and help them su- succeed. And you know what? They played a big part in this. Now, they're not technically students anymore, but they're still very young people and they brought some students to the table. So yes, that was very, very important. Again, a large coalition focusing on every single, uh, aiming at every single constituency was very important. Yes, the students. Now I haven't looked at the precinct breakdowns yet. I'll probably do that tomorrow, um, and you know we can talk about it in the future if you'd like. I uh, just got to get my head clear today. Right. But, um, I, I I'm I'm going to expect to see that that the students probably responded as well as students do in
1: elections. Well, Marlon Bruce has been great. Sometime I'll have him on the show. He's been re- involved forever. He's a very bright young man. And it's refreshing to see those kind of people involved. You know, um, let's dispel the disparaging remark they were trying to say. Let's explain for people, if we can, while we're here, what dark money is that you kept slinging around and trying to be smirchy with.
0: Yeah, so Ward, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's a couple different kinds of political organizations that exist. One's called a political committee, which is uh, known to the IRS as a 527 organization. That is typically a disclosed political committee organization. We file them with a the state division of elections or people may file them with county parties and you report all your income and your expenses and that kind of thing. Uh, so the other is what's called a 501c4. 501c4s truly are kind of dark money organizations. Uh, that within within certain bounds, uh, the donors aren't disclosed. Uh, but that's actually a free speech issue. Uh, federal courts have ruled that that is truly a free speech issue. Uh, but what we engaged in this election? How what- is that done? Let me ask you that. How is that a free speech? Can you enlarge that just a moment? It piqued uh, some interest. Yeah. So, I mean, you have to go look back, look back at Supreme Court stuff, basically, and, and even state state court and uh, in, in federal courts in the state of Florida. Um, uh, the bottom line is, is that a federal judge, Judge Stephen Mickle ruled in the state of Florida back in, oh, gosh, 2000 something, uh, uh, maybe 2002. Uh, and he he was a Clinton appointee. OK, he was a, he was a Clinton appointee. Uh, Stephen Mickle ruled. That, um, uh, that the state cannot regulate political money 365 days a year because political money is akin to free speech. Why? Well, because speech is not free. Uh, y- speech does not mean your free speech does not mean that you get to stand out on the street corner and, and scream until your lungs give out. That's not the only equivalent of free speech. Free speech is you being able to buy media and advertisements to get your message out. So when people say free speech is not money, no, that's not true. Free speech, money does equate to free speech because you have to pay to get your messaging out. And so a federal judge ruled that uh, the, the, the state cannot regulate political speech 365 days a year. It just can't do it. It's not in the state's interest. That's a free speech issue. So 501c4s can do political messaging, political education, that kind of stuff, 365 days a year, and if they get if if they get involved within what's called a 3060 window, real close to the election, if you if you start doing political speech, real close to the election, then you might have to file. Uh, you, you might have to start paying attention to Florida election laws in those regards. If you're a 527, a political committee, and you're registered with a the state, then you're reporting 365 days a year. Okay. Every political organization that we executed this messaging out of was a political committee. It's all disclosed 365 days a year. It is not dark money. It is fully disclosed. But what the Democrats have decided to do is they've decided that every time a political committee is used, they're just simply going to call it dark money. Okay, okay. And and they're going to demonize it in that way. So they are essentially demonizing the normal process of political speech by calling it dark money. That's not right. Um, That really just demonizes free speech. And they don't call it dark money when they use it. They don't. They don't call it dark money when they use it. As a matter of fact, look, some of the largest dark money networks, actual dark money networks in the country... Uh, I know not some of the the largest dark money network in the country, housed out of New Jersey, a massive network of many many dark money organizations is controlled by the Democrats, the Chuck Schumer's and and George Soros's and so on and so forth. I doggone tell you, I mean for them it's that's not what's good for the goose is good for the gander. It's it's for them. It's. Uh, Let's demonize the Republicans when they do it, but we're going to go out and we're going to do it better. The difference is, is in the state of Florida, the script is reversed. We do it better. And that's why truly across the state of Florida, we have the better infrastructure. We have the better, uh, the, the better issue education infrastructure. We have the better political committee infrastructure. And so it is constantly demonized as dark money. And Stafford Jones,
1: you probably know this better than anyone. Uh, so we're going to really, you, you know, you're such a resource, by the way, I'm going to have to oil my chair. I know it's squeaking. I apologize about it once already, but, um, mine too. How, you know, we had such a red sweep here in this state. I think we yeah. only got about four, five counties at the most that are still blue. And we've even tipped some of uh, ones that were blue. As you know, we looked at that this morning. Um, but that is a result, is it not, of the tremendous work that's gone into building this financial infrastructure, talking about it, partly anyway, is it not?
0: Yeah, it is. So our, our, I mean, across the board, our Republican Party, and I'm not the only one in the state that does it, I am one of the key people in the state that does it, we have built a, we have built a financial infrastructure. Um, that allows us to to get our candidates funded and put the money where we need the money when we need the money, and and uh, and it's all about it's all about supporting candidates. And I know it, it, which is which is free speech. I mean, it, it truly is. So um, no, it's it's been very very important to the state of Florida. And I am I am just I've been demonized across the state. I mean. I swear, punch my name into Google and <laughs> you'll see articles from the Orlando Sentinel and the Miami Herald and and the Gainesville Sun. And I am just, I, you'd think I was a devil with horns coming out of my head, but it's, it truly really is free speech. And it's about it's about building support and putting the resources for candidates where it's needed when it's needed.
1: We have a question. So if I were to donate, this person wants to know. To this pack would a, uh, a Democrat be able to
0: find out I did it. Uh, yeah to a political committee if somebody donates to a PAC yes it's it's, it's, it's found out you go online to the Florida Division of Elections this, this you know remember uh, you know two weeks before this election uh, the NA, the local NAACP not the national the local NAACP had a press conference. And uh, Ken Cornell, I, you know, we talked about this last time, was decrying this is dark money and then standing there reading about where all the money was coming from and where it was going. So, yes, uh, donations to political committees are absolutely uh, disclosed. Let me put her down. <laughs> put her over in her, in her, in her bed. But, yeah, it is it is absolutely disclosed. Um, uh, but you know we do have issue education organizations as well that people donate to and uh and and we do issue education throughout the year and um um to help uh, you know to help our causes and uh, that is not disclosed and donations to issue education organizations and 501c4s are not disclosed Organiza- uh, donations to political committees are disclosed
1: interesting we're talking with Stafford jones who uh was one of the engineers, and there were many, by the way, this was a team effort to get this uh, single-member districts passed. And Stafford, uh, I'm going to take a break at the bottom of the hour. Can we talk about where we go from here? Because there are a lot of questions that people now have. Okay, so it passed. So when am I going to see change? Do you have time to talk about that? I do. Okay. You understand what we're saying. Well, because we got Alfred and Wheeler. And, oh, it doesn't matter to us. Nothing's going to change. Well- they're, yes, they're in office. Let's talk about what happens now because there will be quantum changes, but you won't have them right away installed in the system. So, talk with Stafford Jones. If you have some chat questions, let me know. I'm looking at them here now. And uh, we appreciate you tuning in. This is an education. Uh, and we are all about teaching the community about issues. And hopefully, you will trust us when we talk to you. And certainly, uh, you are then able to take what we talk with you about. And, apply it as best you can to your life after all it's all told me about you your culture and your community uh, uh just serving as a classroom here we're gonna be back in a moment and do the weather we're going to be keeping an eye on the storm which is probably going to be mostly a rain event but you need to be prepared for it and know where it is and and as best we can we'll help you track it so uh this is the Wart scott files and we'll be right back after our bottom of the hour break stay tuned
0: Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy.
1: Can we touch him? No, thanks. Help me! Help! Help! Now for the weather, brought to you by Lewis Oil. Welcome back to Ward Scott Files. Special Ward Scott here in the uh, Manly Warthog Man Cave. You just saw the Warthog. And that's a funny thing. We really appreciate how much you appreciate it. All y'all seem to love that. It's kind of funny. And it sort of sums up um, what we're about. We're about getting after you if you're not being fully uh, up front with the public. So that's uh, kind of the niche we're in here. we got a hurricane warning now. It's been issued in Florida. And Nicole is tracking towards uh, us. Um, it's going to probably be along the central part of Florida. I'm reading all the you weather right now. Uh, come in. Come um, in probably around Flagler south and uh, it's going to be a sprawling the word they're using on this storm is a sprawling storm is probably going to rain event the entire state maybe five to six inches of rain so you know when it rains it pours no I did not do the naked rain dance I've had several calls about that that I bring this on with the naked rain dance I did not do the naked rain dance And if I do the Naked Rain Dance, I can't reverse it. Once it starts raining, I don't have a dance to stop it. So the is going to strengthen into a hurricane before it gets here. It's going to get along the Florida Central Coast. And Thursday, late tonight, uh, we'll begin to see the impacts of this. It's probably going to swoop pretty close to us. It's got a counterclockwise twirl. So we'll be getting those winds off the uh, northeast, off the Atlantic. So get ready. And then it's going to go right up the coast, according to the projection I'm looking at and just work its way all the way up into possibly even New York City, which sometimes they do wind up there. started out in the northwestern Bahamas and became a tropical storm, and has now has gained enough strength. I know where it's now be called a, 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 a hurricane, not not like we've had the five. It's a, a number one right now. So most of the Florida Atlantic coast is going to be impacted, and the Georgia coast, and uh, there are some ways conditions could be more severe for that area than in, because that wind is gonna be pounding right directly on that water level, which is likely to rise several feet uh, north of where it impacts. So that's our latest on it. Uh, it is coming our way for sure. And I'm looking at the weather map. It's probably gonna circle back and uh, come right up over Orlando and about over probably the, the uh, out in the Steenhatch area and up the coast. There you are with our impact on the weather. The coal is coming our way. Talking to Stafford Jones and Stafford, i got a question right away that's come in. Uh, could this county commission turn around and put this thing right back on the ballot to have people revisit and revote for at large districts?
0: I suppose they could, but here's the problem. They would have to consider whether or not they could raise the funds from an outside source to, ah. pass. and 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 look i'll tell you pretty much everywhere that single member districts does go on the ballot it passes all right and anywhere people try and reverse it it fails okay so so it would be a heavy lift for them um, um now Would the odds be against them if they actually raised, would the odds be for them if they actually raised enough money to do it? Well, look, I keep telling you, Alachua County is the Berkeley of the South. They don't really care about fair representation. What they care about is progressive Democrat representation. So uh, yeah, that is really all they care about. If they decided to do it, yeah. Could they achieve it? Yes, but they'd have to raise a lot of money to do it. And I think the thing that they would be concerned about is would it, would it tick off other people like Keith Perry and me and Chuck Clemens and we go right back to funding the effort again? Because that was the one thing that they really didn't consider. They never considered the fact that, that we were sitting back there with a lot of resources that got built up over a long period of time uh, to do this. So it would be a hill for them to climb. So I don't think, they, I don't think they'll do it. Uh, Ken Cornell did say last night to, 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 to the Gainesville Sun that he's about doing what the people wants and this is what the people chose. And so uh, I'd like to see them stick to that and say, this is a done deal. It's done. So well, and, and it, would, it would be awfully hypocritical too, Ward, given the fact that we've asked them to put this on the ballot and right. they refuse to do it uh, if they if they then just turned around and said, you know what, we're going to put it on the ballot right away to try and undo it. That, that just come on. That would not pass the spell test for anybody.
1: Well, they've already become hypocritical when they're claiming, oh, it doesn't matter to us when they just spent all their time saying it mattered to them. So the other thing, let's talk about the money. We've passed legislation. They can't use uh, public money for this advocacy. Right. So where would they get the money?
0: Well, they'd have to do exactly what we did. They'd have to raise it from outside sources, right? Uh, They'd have to raise it into a political committee from outside sources. And, you know, and again, they tried that with Alachua County's future. Uh, That was a pact that Ken Cornell had started probably back when he was first getting ready to run or maybe a few years ago. I don't know. He actually, you know, stepped down uh, from that, although I think behind the scenes, he probably had a very, very big, uh, big role in it. But in the final analysis, in September and October, I think they raised basically a grand total of $24,000 into it. That was, uh, compared to the money that, that we put into it, that was like screaming into a hurricane, okay? Uh, it just was never going to do the trick for them. So they'd have to raise a significant amount of money from outside sources in order uh, to 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 a, a successfully reverse this the
1: going forward now these people have been voted in they get to dest- establish the districts do they not a single member doesn't this current commission draw the districts that will be the single member districts how does that work
0: wait i'm sorry i i, okay, I, how, I how do the districts get drawn now that we're going oh, okay forward? okay no 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 okay i get it i'm sorry uh, I'm, I'm in my command center and I've got two <laughs> going and I've got I've got I've got my employees messaging me and asking questions. And so anyway, I'm going to try and ignore them. For can you time. tell when the UFO lands? Because that's you know, the first one. I, I, the you, you, you ought to see this command center. I pretty much. Can. Yeah, I, 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 I might. I might be secretly running the world from here. Uh, OK, so here's the thing about the single member districts. Um, the districts. And this is one of the things that they were advertising about. You, you notice they sent out these these text messages and these emails in the last two days. And one of the things that they were saying in those messages was, "This needs to hold off until uh, we can redraw the districts." So that's the thing that happens right now. There's no there's no district redrawing right now. The districts are as they are. So so nothing changes. The next thing that happens is in 2024, the next county commissioners are up, are just running in the, the, the single-member districts as they are drawn now. The next redistricting is when the districts get to get redrawn. That, That's inter- At the end of this decade,
1: okay? That's interesting because that means we won't have to put up with this ambiguity any longer about where do you reside and where do you homestead. <laughs>
0: that, 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 is, that, that is by and large correct, yes. Um. So, yeah, nothing happens. There's no redistricting process that's going to happen now. It's just the next election is 2024. So one of the things that we need to do looking forward, and I'm sure they will do, everybody will do, is start taking a look at performance inside the actual districts because now that makes a difference. All right, and people are going to have to consider, hmm. Uh, I'm looking at that constituency. Can I win in that district? See, that's that's not been the consideration before. Their consideration before is, well, I live in that district. Um, I don't need to be like any of the people in that district. All I need to do is win countywide. You know, again, we go back to uh, poor Kevin Thorpe. The poor man's probably tired of hearing his name, but uh, won by... Uh, 24 points in the district and lost the at-large primary by four points. People are going to have to look and say, can I earn the trust of the people in my district? They're going to have to make that choice. They're going to have to make that assertion before they actually decide to run.
1: We have a good question here. Are there any commissioners right now residing one place in one district and actually living in another that would be affected by this crossfire?
0: Well, you know, with all the bouncing around about where Alfred and Mary Ellen Wheeler live, um, I'm not sure I know where they live anymore. It's it's kind of crazy. Uh, so maybe them, but I don't know for sure. Um, and they um, probably don't either. <laughs> yeah, they probably don't either at this point. So again, one of the things that, that is a good question. I don't have the answer right now. But one of the things that we will begin to do is as our head clears and we regain some energy from this street fight is is begin to take a look at what's up in 20. There are districts up. There are lots county commission elections up in 2024. So it's going to be very, very important to take a look at those and analyze what those districts look like. So Ken Cornell will be unaffected by this until 2026. That's correct. Right. He will be unaffected by it until 2026. So it, it, this is not going to be look. Be patient, everybody. This is not going to right. have an immediate impact. It's it, by the end of 2026, after the elections in 2026, uh, then everybody on the county commission will have theoretically been elected in their single member districts. But two years from now, there's going to be a couple of them up, and and then and two and then two more years after that, there will be three more up, and then we will be on to fully single member districts and then within a couple years after that uh, you know we'll be redistricting again and uh, you know I expect that one of the things that the county commission will then have to do now that we have single member districts is as the NAACP said one of the reasons why they support single member districts is because you can draw minority access districts and despite their protestations that well you can't really do that in a county that is not true at all so in the rest next redistricting process at the end of this decade, I expect there will be you know a, a, at least a minority access district drawn. I expect that there will be a couple of districts that will be competitive uh, for, uh, for, for, minor, for minorities, for African-Americans or, or whoever. And I expect that there will be a couple of districts that will be competitive for Republicans. Um, but again, however it shakes out, what i expect is a more moderate county commission that has to that that has to do a little horse trading they will be forced to look at uh they will be forced to to look at a uh, perspective from everybody else's uh positions uh, the people on the west side are going to have to listen to the people on the east side because if the people on the west side want something the people on the east side want something People on the north side, people on the south side, those commissioners are going to have to say, OK, look, this is what I need over here. Tell me what you need over there. What's important to you guys? And they're going to have to say, OK, we've only got so much money to go around. Let's what's the better common good. I expect to actually see that happen. You know, and it also could reduce an actual Republican minority candidate. Uh, or at least one. Yeah, it could. could, Stafford. It. it could. It absolutely could. I hope to see that. You know, one of the things about this, the dynamic with the NAACP this time, and I swear to you, I think I may have sent to you the, the quote where Evelyn Fox actually said on TV20, well, single member districts is designed to give minorities better representation. But if it can lead to Republicans getting elected, we don't want it. Okay, wait a minute. First off, the NAACP is supposed to be a nonpartisan organization. It's a 501c4. It truly is is, is not supposed to sit out there and say things like that. Uh, And interestingly enough, when I became chair of the Alaska County Republican Party back in 2004, a lot of people don't know this. The president of the Alaska County branch of the NAACP was a black Republican. The NAACP wasn't the kind of organization that it is right now. It was an organization that wanted to work across party lines uh, to make things better for the African-American community. The NAACP that exists in Angeles County today is not that organization. It is truly a partisan organization. And uh, they have Evelyn Fox to thank for that. Um, you know, it's just amazing to me that 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 they went so hard against the resolutions and the stance, the permanent stance of their national organization, uh, and literally threw their entire community, under the bus to do that.
1: We have a question coming in, and this is kind of an interesting question: uh, Does this kind of take the air out of uh, Springs County? Well, uh, look, <sighs> that's a hard one, buddy. I, I can't.
0: I, I, don't, d- I, can't d- I didn't ask it. A, a, a viewer asked it. Uh, look, this isn't going to make me popular, but Springs County was never going to happen. And I'll tell you why. It's uh, would I have loved to see Springs County happen. I would. But like I said, look, when I was chair, uh, and even today, one of the things that gets me in the most trouble, even with people uh, on my side of the aisle is is being a pragmatist, looking at the the political landscape, looking at the political battlefield and 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 being intellectually honest about whether or not that battle is winnable or losable. The thing about a springs county, the last time a county was created in Lochville county was like a hundred years ago, okay um, and that was when. Uh, The infrastructure that exists in counties today uh, didn't exist then. You could prop up a county, a new county, with no problem, okay? Today, to split off a large population, erect a a sheriff's office, codes enforcement, a a court system, uh, erect all of the infrastructure that goes with running a complex county, It's just not as doable as it was a hundred years ago. It literally would cost hundreds of millions of dollars. It might cost a billion dollars to do it. So it wasn't that it wasn't a good, honest goal. I applaud everybody, Tim Martin, everybody that wanted to do it, but it was not a realistic goal. And I know they're going to hate me for saying that because I love their passion for it. Uh, and so one of the things that Chuck did and, and, and you know, they kind of thought I think Chuck and Keith got a bad rap about Springs County. You know, people thought that Chuck and Keith could just simply go to the legislature, throw it out there and that and that they could get everybody to vote for it. The problem is, is that it was going to cost a lot of money to do it. And all of the other legislators in the state were not going to pass that cost on to their own constituency. The folks out in Walton County are, are, were going to say, well, sure, great. We understand that this would be great, but my citizens ain't going to help pay for it, okay? And so the funds were going to have to be rounded up right here to pay for it, and that was a big old heavy lift. And so if Chuck and, and Keith had just thrown it out there, they would have laughed them out of the legislature. And And so in all fairness to them, they couldn't do it. In all fairness to the people that really wanted it, Their passion for it was absolutely incredible, but it was never going to happen. And so Chuck did say, look, there ain't really any good ways to make that happen. Let's try this. And that was visionary. So does it take the wind out of the sails for Springs County? I don't know there was ever any wind in the sails for Springs County other than a good, honest enthusiasm for it. God bless them all. I wanted it. But, yeah, it takes, it, it, it takes what, what's left of the wind out of Springs County. Uh, now, I will tell you, there is a way for Springs County to move forward. The way Springs County has moved forward is you raise a bunch of money, you hire some really smart people, some, some really smart consultants to actually do a financial study to build a plan and, and on, on how this gets funded locally, and you then take that in a bill to the legislature. That's what Keith and Chuck can take to the legislature. So if people still want Springs County, yeah, there's a path, but you got to take something to the legislature that are real numbers that shows how it gets funded.
1: Well, we have an observation here too. Now that the redistricting thing, uh, Keith and, uh, and Chuck are no longer on the ballot for uh, many folks here in Alachua County. And it's now, uh, Jennifer Bradley, who's a wonderful person. Um, and that's Clay County, so how does that begin to have um, an application of influence for Alachua County? Is it changed a little bit, or I know there's some parts of Alachua County right that Keith and, and Chuck still have, but Jennifer now is in here too, correct?
0: Yeah, so before uh, before uh, uh, we got redistricted last time. Uh, we had two state senators, right? Alachua County was split between two state senators before, all right? It, it, it had already been split that way. And so um, um, the districts got drawn last time around where basically Alachua County got encapsulated into one state Senate district. And, and I just knew that that was an aberration. And I told people uh, back when redistricting was happening again that it would probably get split again and that... Uh, and that we were going to have two state Senate districts going forward. And, and, and what that means is that it's, very, it's going to be very difficult in the future. Uh, it will be tougher for a state senator to be elected who is from Alachua County. Why? Well, because uh, one of the Senate districts that represents Alachua County is the south part of Alachua County on down into Marion County. The other one is the north part of Alachua County over into Clay County. And those are there's 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 heavy Republican concentrations there, uh, so uh, um, it kind of increases the likelihood that the state senators for Alachua County will be from those areas. But you know, hey, it, it hasn't always been that way. We've shown in the past, Senator Steve Olridge uh, won a state senate seat out of Alachua County that included Clay County, so. Uh, Alachua County will still be competitive, but it does tend to shift how this could happen going forward. And, and we could see uh, we could see our state senators be from other areas. And one of the interesting things is
1: that. Uh, Chuck and Keith got it done. and You probably know this because you look at this from a, a long view from distance. The legislature sort of bemused look at Alachua County. You know, you guys are oddballs. Um, Don't ask us to subsidize your uh, oddballs down there. Nothing's going to change. You know, it's amazing that Chuck and Keith got the legislature to listen and participate and give a damn about what was going on in Alachua County. Because here, Rodney Long, of all things, who's never paid back, by the way, business loans, and there's nobody to enforce it, beats Perry for God's sakes, in this county. Right. So if I were in a state legislature and I wasn't from Alachua County, I'd say, hey, you guys are nuts. I can't help you. You know?
0: Yeah, no, that's absolutely correct. And look, it it is to it is to Keith and Chuck's, uh, uh, you know, to their credit that they have achieved such leadership roles in 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 the uh, in the particular uh, uh, offices that they're in. Look, Chuck is. Is now the, the deputy uh, majority leader in, in the Florida House, right? And these guys have both, and, and this brings our region influence. Uh, those guys have been very very good for us, and I know we're going to be running out of time soon. There is one other thing I want to say uh, about, about, seven the, about seven minutes. We got about seven minutes Yeah, I do yeah. want to say uh, I, we got to give a shout out to somebody on the single member district thing. I mean, there's a lot of people that need shout outs. Let's go through it. We need to give a shout out to Laura Irwin, okay? Yes, yes. Because Laura, uh, Laura Irwin has never done this before. She's not been involved in politics at this level before. And when I really kind of got involved, it was uh, is like, okay, yeah, y'all can use my political committee infrastructure. I- I'm going to sit back and let you run the program you want to run. But I'm going to check and make sure you're in the lane so that I don't end up in front of the Florida Election Commission. Right. Right. And, uh, man, I got to tell you, uh, it was my first interactions there were like, oh, my gosh, these people are going to have me in trouble before you know it. Point being is that they've never done this before. Let me tell you something for a lady that's never done this before. Laura Irwin just absolutely deserves extreme. She learned fast. Uh, she listened to people that knew uh, that that were experts in their field, and she she sought ways to bring in information. That lady and 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 to bring in ideas and to bring all the pieces together. That lady just just she could be dangerous to people one day. Uh, I mean, dangerous to the wrong people, not to us. That lady deserves some serious credit. So I I felt like we just needed to give her a shout out right here. Absolutely. I I met her and I've conversed
1: with her over email a couple of times. And, um, and I, I think too, that she also was involved with Springs County. She had a little bit of organizational experience from that effort. If I may be wrong on that, but I think I first heard her name from uh,
0: Tim Martin. She, she may have, a, she, she worked for Jeff Childers and, uh, you know, another dynamo in our community. She worked for Jeff Childers and, and, uh, Um, And at some point she made the move uh, to to helping run this campaign. And uh, I'm just she has become a friend and I am just so proud uh, to call her a friend.
1: Well, she certainly was instrumental. And, you know, we both know how important uh, uh, staff and support systems are and people who uh, uh, are back there behind the scenes and get a little credit and really don't seek it. Uh, Those kind of people are. Uh, indispensable. So um, we've been talking with Stafford Jones. we got about oh, four minutes left, Stafford. So anything you want to close out with, I really appreciate you coming in this morning and uh, uh, hopefully the, the, what's the dog's name, by the way, what's she doing sleeping?
0: Oh, she, <laughs> she, She's over in her bed sleeping. That is Lollybell. Bell. My wife says I've ruined her and turned her into a one person dog. You yeah, have absolutely. There's no question about it. What's wrong with that? Yeah, she, she, what's wrong with that? <laughs> exactly. She, she's an old girl. She's about 12 years old now. So. Well, um, you know, but um, no, it, it's it's look, I you know what's next, I, I you know I've got this this um um th- this thing that that so I I have built up this this scrapbook of of this single member district campaign, and uh, I'm going to go online to Google where you can take take your stuff and you can turn it into a book. Yeah, Uh, so I'm going to turn it into a printed book in order, you know, probably 20 copies or something uh, to be able to give out to some people. And one of my one of my favorite pieces that's going to go in this is a is a quote uh, on on uh, a a post on Facebook from Mark Sexton: "Vote No on Single Member (laughs) District." NAACP National Office threatens to sue Jones. (laughs) I'm going to say. I'm sure dark money maven Stafford Jones must be feeling the heat. He has been given hundreds of thousands to try to pass the single member district re- re- referendum, and the effort has blown up in his face. <laughs> <laughs> That's going in the scrapbook, man.
1: <laughs> you know, I know, Mark. I, I like Mark, but by God, he'll say anything you pay him to say. I, I swear to God, he says some of the darnest things. And I I just shake my head and I say, Mark, do you really believe that, Mark? Or what the heck? You know, way back when, uh, if you remember Bruce Nelson, the two of them got into a name calling. uh, uh, And uh, Bruce called Mark the minister of propaganda. And, of course, Mark called Bruce the mayor of Angryville. I thought that was some of the funniest stuff I ever heard. (laughs) Those two going at it. So it was all fun and games. Stafford, have a great day, man. And... uh, Stay in touch. We'll uh, have you back on once in a while because you need to uh, share with me an opportunity to educate the public. And that's what the Word Scott files is about. So um, they Thank you. We're happy conduct to themselves it. appropriately from here on out. So listen, get ready for the storm. Uh, it's supposed to come in late tonight around these parts and all through tomorrow will be a rain event, wind event. So take care of yourself. Um, have some backup, this and that, whatever you need. And we wish you the best. Uh, we'll be back Probably tomorrow, if we got sound power, we are on a backup system here, but, you know, we also run off the Internet and we're going to have Ted Yoho on tomorrow discussing the national scene and whether or not the red tsunami really turned out to be kind of a a low tide event. That's been the news headlines today. And then the curiosity about why we'll discuss that tomorrow. Have a great day, Stafford. And um, thank you. uh, Warhol Command Center out.